Good morning, City Lights. How are you? Well, wonderful. It's so good to be here. Um, I think, as uh, Dan just said, it's, uh, it's like our second time here in this church, first time ministering, and I just feel like I've known these guys for so long. I mean, I know Kurt and Maya, for those of you who remember Kurt and Maya, um, been talking nonstop about these guys, and you know, Brendan and Olga, great friends of ours. And so I feel like we've, I honestly feel like at home this, uh, this morning, this is an incredible church. Uh, if I was to move to Dubai right now, I would look no further. I would join this church in a heartbeat. I'm a little bit jealous that you're not a C3 church. I would love to claim you in our movement because it just feels like if you had have transported me here, blindfolded me, I'd go, this is, this is our home. Um, what a wonderful church. And I will share a little bit about what Jamie and I have done, but I wonder if you could just join me again, Jamie. I wonder if we can stand for a minute. I just There's something... I feel like this message is just going to be a full stop on everything that's happened so far in this service, the prophetic words, the prophetic worship. Um, God is really, I think, giving you a message today. Uh, Nearly every scripture that I have has already been used. Uh, My key points have all been prophesied in some way. And so I, I love that. The Holy Spirit is so amazing when he has a particular download for a particular meeting. And I'm so excited about what is happening in this church. I know I felt like, when, why don't you just close your eyes across this place? I was just, before Pastor Starla got up and gave that word, I just really sensed the same thing, that this was a season where it's time to get radical. It's time to, it's time to get um, un, uninhibited, just absolutely abandoned for, in your worship, in your witnessing, in the, in the life that you are living in as this church. I feel like... You know, that scripture came to mind, and, and I hope not every preacher says this scripture. I don't think it's just because of the name, but the city, city lights. I was thinking about this message, city lights. It says you don't light a lamp and then put a cover on it. And uh, I think it's time for a new level yeah. of influence, a, a new level of city lights shining literally to this city. God has got an incredible purpose for this church. And and so much great stuff has happened already in the past five years, but I feel like it was just an entry point. I feel like it was literally just the beginning. Where you are right now, what you've experienced, don't go, wow, that was great, wasn't it? That's like, that's like just the, the, the introduction, uh, the little snippet of what God's got for the future of this church. And I know, Jamie, if you want to share what you were thinking as well. Yeah, um, I was praying for the church over the week, and every time I prayed, um, I actually saw a a tent, and um, it wasn't just Pastor Dan and Starla going out, but they were trying to stretch stretch these pegs out further and further, and I saw people coming out and joining them. I saw you two coming out and joining them, and I'm going to clarify this right now, that what I said yesterday about the campuses... That is definitely the next stage for you guys. And I, I believe that uh, as you spend some time with him, I'm seeing three days. I don't know if it's going to link with this fast. Church, get a part of this fast. We've seen so much breakthrough with fasting. But I see in, the, in those days of fasting that God is going to download vision to you. And um, I see it. I see so many campuses across this city. And I see pastors uh, coming alongside of you and joining you. But Every single church has the same culture, the same vision. But I also saw this. Um, as you were playing here, um, Pastor Dan, uh, I want to share with you that I saw city lights, but then I saw city sound. And what I saw is I actually saw you guys in a public place. And <laughs> this is crazy. Because when I walked in, 
I will say I'm prophetic. And so when I walked in, I felt like a bit of heaviness here. And that's every Sunday morning in every church. There's tiredness, there's religious, there's, there's a lot of things that go on. But as soon as you started playing, I saw like a knife just cutting through every single layer. And I see this church, I see the worship team, and I see you guys actually playing in a public place. And the only thing that's going to break this real religious spirit over this place is the sound that comes from this church. And I saw people actually coming and joining and raising their hands and experiencing the very presence of God that's in this place. But the presence of God can't stay here, it has to go out. I see that as the evangelist tool that you're going to use, is the sound. Dan, Pastor Dan... I only just found out that you wrote that song, and that song we're going to use in our church with your permission, but that song, I see you actually writing song after song, and uh, it's going to be like your preaching notes is going to come into songs. Stay true to yourself, because the anointing that is on your life is your ministry. Starla has her ministry, you have your ministry. You broke through that anointing because of your private time with God and the presence and the authority that he has given you to worship lead. So worship team, get excited. And if you play an instrument, join the team. You want to be a part of it. Sorry. <laughs> Good, thank you. I bring her everywhere I go, just, uh, you know, helps me out. And this is what I want to get to today, that there's a corporate thing going on, but it only happens if individuals all play their part. The church is one body, many members. And the whole body doesn't move forward without some of the members just, you know, my, uh, if I, my leg decides that it, I don't, it doesn't want to join me moving forward, it makes life pretty awkward, right? And it holds back my influence. But when everyone comes together in the God gifting that they have on their life, that is when significant things happen. And that's what I want to talk about today. And I feel like there's going to be an activation for individuals to step into the call of God on their life. And so if that's sounds like that's something that you can be a part of. Why don't you just close your eyes right now and lift your hands to God as we pray for this word. God, we thank you. God, for the corporate thing that is going on in this church, for the new season, the new level of increase that is coming. But God, right now, I personally, God, receive right now what you have for me in this season. Lord, we, uh, Lord would you help us and, and encourage us here this morning to say yes to everything that you have for us as individuals. God, that every fear would be bound, every doubt would be bound, every self, um, yeah, self-doubt and um, unbelief in, in ourselves and who God has called us to be. God, that that would be broken today. God, and there would be an activation on the inside of us. God, to move forward into the fullness of Christ, the fullness of what Christ has for our life. So God, we pray you'd speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome, you can grab a seat. Did we end up getting those photos? Uh, we, we, you guys are just amazing. Um, just a little bit of an intro about Jamie and I. We are from Sydney, Australia. And Jamie has had a heart for Africa since she was three. I always thought, knew her as the girl, the pastor's kid girl that was going to move to Africa and marry an African. And then this happened. And I'm African in heart. And that was the closest thing that she's going to get to that. But... Um, she had this heart for Africa, and I, uh, many years later, when I was about um, 25, about seven years ago, God called me to the region. I'll spare you the long version, but we'll get there another day, because uh, I want to get into this message. But um, two and a half, three years ago almost now, we followed the call of God to move, sell everything that we owned in Sydney and move to Nairobi in Kenya to 
start our first C3 church there. C3 church started in Sydney with Pastor Phil and Chris Pringle in 1980 uh, with one church of 12 people. It is now 36 years later, a movement of over 415 churches around the world with a vision of seeing 1,000 churches around the world uh, by 2020 with an average membership of 500 people. So not like 1,000 connect groups or community groups around the world, but 1,000 churches. And so we are so blessed to be part of the movement and doing what we're doing in Nairobi. We landed about eight months ago and we had our first, I wonder if we can see um, one of those. For, that was our first ever meeting um, with Kurt, you see Kurt and Meyer and I think Noah took the picture. We kicked Noah out of the, the, the photo and said, can you take it? That's our house in Nairobi. And so we started with 12 people as well uh, about seven months ago. And then we just had our, we've been working with our team for six months just to get on the same page with our vision, our culture, our mission. And then we launched to the public on Easter Sunday. Um, this next, that's week two. So that's us now. We're just uh, in the beginning stages. You probably remember some of those times, Pastor Dan and Stala, um, just starting out, but absolutely excited about what God is doing in our midst. We have people joining us every week, uh, three connect groups around the city, and we just want to see a really um, great disciple-making church in that city. Um, so we also, I don't know if the, is, if the map image was there. Yeah, so, so also further to that, we've also been asked to represent C3 Church Global in uh, sitting on the C3 East and West Africa executive team. So we are helping oversee some churches uh, in Bujumbura in Burundi and uh, East Congo in Bukavu, you can see on the, down there anyway, um, Northern Uganda in Kitgum, Western Kenya, uh, and also, obviously, us in Nairobi. So we're visiting those regions uh, a couple of times a year, just building into our pastors there and seeing churches. We have, I think, about uh, 80 churches, C3 churches in East Africa now. So it's all happening for C3 there. But uh, I want to share today, firstly, let me say as well, your pastors are some of the greatest pastors on the face of the planet. I kid you not. They are awesome people. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. No, no, these are great people. Thank you so much for the privilege of being with you today. Uh, I, I have that same feeling that Dan spoke about, that we maybe are doing a lot together over the, the coming years, and um, that's very exciting. But I want to talk to you today about something that's dear to our heart. We've been looking at a message in our first few weeks at C3 Nairobi called The Born Identity, based off this book by Pastor Phil Pringle. And, and I'm going to give that to your pastors. You can have that. Boom, boom. The, the concept of that, of this book, is looking at who we are and what we have in Christ. So he talks about this Bourne identity. I don't know if you've seen the movie The Bourne Identity with Jason Bourne. And Jason Bourne forgets who he was and forgets, his, he loses his identity. And Pastor Phil talks about the fact that as Christians, we suffer from a similar spiritual amnesia. We forget or we never fully understand who we are and what we have in Christ. Um, Colossians 1, 13 to 14 says this, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. That's an incredible passage, but too often we stop at he rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. We remember what Jesus took us out of when we 
call on what he did on the cross in his death and resurrection, and we, and we remember, and we get excited, we go, oh, thank you for what you took us out of. I don't know if you remember, for those of you who are Christians in here, what your life was like before you met Christ, before he came into your world. It's easy to remember. I, I, I think of the, the fears that I had, the anxieties that I had, the, 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 the bondage that my life was in, and I thank God for Christ, what he has done, what he has taken me out of. But, but too often we stop there and we don't really go on a journey of understanding what we have been brought into because it says we've been brought out of the kingdom of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of his dear son. And Ephesians 1 talks about this and gives us a little summary. It says, uh, Ephesians 1, 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in Christ, remember that phrase, in Christ, God has given us every spiritual blessing in heaven. That is huge. I'm telling you right now, every spiritual blessing in heaven is what we have in our world, we have available to us when we decide that Christ is our Lord and Savior and we become what this phrase says, in Him. Do you want a little snippet just on what some of those things are? Just a little, here's just like, let me give you 15 seconds. Here's some of those things, just a handful of those things that you have in Christ. Predestination, justification, redemption, adoption, forgiveness, regeneration, sanctification, propitiation, reconciliation, glorification, a lot of shins going on, eternal life, no condemnation, a cleansed conscience, spiritual rest, wisdom of God, peace of God, peace with God, the power of God, access to God, dominion, victory, God with you, God for you, blessing, authority over the devil, the promises of God, the principles of God, protection, material provision, the Holy Spirit, spiritual gifts, purpose, destiny, and favor. That's just like a small amount. And if you don't know what half those things are, that's okay, because it's not like you just receive Christ and go, download that, put the USB into your brain and you got that all of a sudden, it becomes available to you, but it takes a journey of understanding what that means for your life. The key thing you've got to understand is that this is available to you in Christ. I'm sorry, there is not just one universal God that if you acknowledge some kind of being that you get this available, there is only one way to the Father in heaven and that's through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And when you are in Christ, these are the things that become available to you. But I want to look at one of those today. This is a real favorite of mine. The second last one that I said there, that you have been given in Christ a purpose, a purpose for your life, for your individual life. There is something, some mission, some God-ordained plan that he is destined for you before the beginning of time to accomplish. It says in Ephesians 2 verse 10, for we are God's masterpiece. That's you, not the person next to you, not this good-looking couple that's going to have a baby soon. I thought there were some good-looking couples down here. They're the best-looking couple in Dubai for sure, without a doubt. Um, (laughs) We are God's handy masterpiece. You are. He has created us anew. Where? In Christ, so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. That is the reason that you have been made new in Christ, the purpose for your world, something that God has said, 
You're here for a reason. Maybe you don't know that today. Maybe you're not sure why you're even on this planet, but you are here for a reason. And I want to speak to you today about saying yes to fulfilling that God call on your life. I want you to, I want to talk about that. And I want to make it simple because at the end of the day, we've all got different contexts for what that would look like. We're in Kenya. These guys are in Dubai. Um, whoever, you know, someone's going off to Sri Lanka. Uh, there's a whole bunch of different, you know, contexts for what it may look like. But at the end of the day, one thing we all have in common is this, that you are here to reach other people. That's your God purpose. To, that, that you would, wherever you are, whether it's ministry, the marketplace, motherhood, whatever it might be, whatever the context of what you do, your purpose is to make disciples, help other people either come into Christ or grow in Christ. That is as simple as that. That's the big picture. Um, we can't afford a church that just turns up on, on Fridays. There's too many churches around the world where, where the, the fullness of church is we turn up together on Friday or Sunday or Saturday, whenever it might be, and then we go and do our own thing somewhere else and then we come back and do it again. Ephesians 4 says that the job of Dan and Starla and the team is not actually to do the work of ministry, it's to equip you to do the work of ministry. Equip you to do it. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you are the ones that are reaching people, making disciples for Christ. Um, and so Jamie and I, we got this tattoo on our fingers before we left to Australia, and it says Indio. And it's actually grammatically incorrect, um, but that's okay. We didn't know that at the time. But most Kenyan people think it, that's how you spell it. It's just not. Our Swahili teacher told us it was different. But it means, what it means generally is this. It means yes. Yes, in Swahili. We wanted to, as we headed off into a new season, we wanted to say yes to each other and yes to whatever God has for us. We want to be like those Isaiahs, those jumpy, happy Isaiahs that go, ooh, here I, who, who, God says, who shall I send? Who will go for us? And we're like, yeah, please send us. We'll do that. We have no idea what you want us to do, but we'll just do it because we just want to make sure that whatever it is that God wants for us, we're the people that are going to say Yes. It's not about leadership. It's not about ministry. It's about being Christians. That's what it is. It's, it's, not, it's not like, oh, okay, the pastors do this stuff and I just do my job. No, no, no. This is about being fruitful Christians who are reaching other lives. And so I want to just give you a few points here this morning. Uh, let's turn, turn with me if you want. It will be up on the screen. But let's read from Matthew 4, 18 to 22 and look at three uh, requirements that you need to have on the inside of you, attitudes, um, you know, availabilities that you need if you are going to walk into what God has planned for you. And let's learn a couple of lessons from the moment that the Apostle Peter was called and he said yes to the call of God on his life. So it says this in Matthew 4, 18 to 22, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets. Uh, and he called them to come too. Immediately, 
they immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. First thing we need to know is this, that if you were to walk into the purpose of God for your life, it's going to require transformation. And the ladies are going to hear an extended version of this one point with Jamie tomorrow, but I want to touch on it now because it's really important. It is the transformed version of you that is going to fulfill the call of God on your life. It's the transformed version of you that is going to fulfill the call of God on your life. It says there in Matthew 4.18, Simon also called Peter. See, it was Simon that God called here, Jesus called here, but it was Peter that stood up on the day of Pentecost and launched the worldwide church. It's the same guy, but the transformed version of him. The guy that he was at that moment when Jesus said, come and follow me, he did not, if Jesus had said, go and start the church now, there is no way he had the capacity to do that. It required a journey of transformation. It required the walking on water. It required the, the walking through the garden. It required coming back from denying Jesus. It required all these life events where God was forming him to be the person that he had always destined for him to be. See, if God had said, the, the, the guy I was when I walked into church and received Christ for the first time, that, that Garth then, I've got the same name, I haven't changed it, but that Garth then was not the guy that could go and start a church in Africa. If, you had have, if, if, if Jesus had have sent me the moment that I came to him, my gosh, I don't even know if I would have lasted the first week for the first 24 hours. It just was not going to happen because God had a work to do on the inside of me and I had to become the person that was going to walk into that. Am I making sense? Furthermore, may I say, the guy I am now is not the guy that's going to accomplish what I see down the track. See, God gives you a vision like he gave Joseph and he says, this is what I see for you. This is what you can be. But first, let me take you on a journey where you can become more full of faith you can become more humble, you can become softer, but you can become stronger, you can become more loving, you can become more, more bold, you can become all these things. And so that is the thing, whatever you're going through, whatever God is, is put pinpointing on the inside of your heart, and he's trying to form Christ on the inside of you, we've got to be careful not to reject that, because it's our passing through these moments where God causes us to step into and forward and and into a bigger place, a stretching place out of the comfort zone that we heard this morning. It's in that place that you become the person that God can use to do the thing that you see for your future. Does that make sense? We're together. So, you know, some people, I'm not talking about a self-help program. It's totally not that. Some people go, oh, I don't want to talk about all that, you know, growing as a person thing. And I think there's two reasons for that. One, they either don't want to give up the things that aren't very good in their world. They're happy with maybe the sin. They're happy with the the attitudes. Or they're approaching it from a works perspective. This is not about earning the favor of God on your life. This is not about making God love you more. This is about being transformed. Like the Bible says uh, in uh, 2 Corinthians 18, that we're being formed in the image of Christ from one level of glory to another. We're supposed to be different people who have accomplished a lot before we leave this planet. And so we need to be transformed. It's a transformed version of you that will fulfill the call of God on your life. The second thing is this that I found. 
If you're going to walk into what God has for you, it's going to require an eternal perspective. An eternal perspective. Um, Americans have a dream. Any Americans in here? Uh, Americans have a dream, yeah? The American dream. And, uh, you know, the white picket fence, family, retirement, you know, a nice location. And, and I've noticed that's sort of just been replicated all throughout the world. Uh, Australia, it's fully about that. It's just about getting the nice, good-looking family and, you know, all those, all those things. And, and in Kenya, it's the same. I don't know what it is here in Dubai. I don't know if it's the same or if it's different. But one thing I'm pretty sure on, it's going to be about material things. It's going to be about the, the here and now. It's going to be about this world, accomplishing something in this world. But this world is not the, the end of the story. When we look at this world as the final deal, then it puts our focus on ourself. It puts our focus on what we can achieve, our immediate family, our, you know, us. But God is calling us to see a, a different perspective of this life. Um, in, again, in that passage, uh, Jesus said, come and follow me. Right now, you, you know, come follow me. You're fishing right now in the natural, but come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of people. Because at the moment, you're looking at really natural things, but I want to give you a perspective that is about something greater than right now. It's about the eternal. It's about something, this eternal purposes of God for this life. And don't get me wrong, I'm into the, I'm into, like, I think, I'm not the guy that's like, don't have anything nice and, you know, God's happy when you're unhappy and he's unhappy when you're happy. God's into you being blessed. God's into you having the stuff. But what he's not into is in when you give up the heavenly dream in your life for the worldly dream in your life. It's okay to have the stuff, but when you say, I want this at the expense of that, that's what I'm talking about right now. Have the stuff, but make Jesus first. Let the staff just, rather than you just being blessed, why don't you let God to bless you to be a blessing so you can actually give into the lives of other people where you can be here for something greater than yourself. Um, two major things that I've noticed people are worried about when they sort of think about living this surrendered life of giving stuff up for the purpose of God. The first one is family. Oh, I don't want to sacrifice family for the call of God. And I'd say that's a good thing, but it's equally as unwise to sacrifice the call of God for your family. Who gave you the call of God? Last word gives it away, God. Who gave you your family? God. I don't think God is silly enough to give you two things that are incompatible. You can have your family, you can do the cool stuff and still follow the call of God at the same time. Secondly, money. Oh, you know, I've got to earn. It's all about provision, providing. God's your provider. You may have a great job, fantastic. We heard before that, you know, that people can go into debt when they're earning more money than ever before. Don't get into this self-provision thing. You're not your provider. Men, you're not the ultimate provider of your family. You're a provider of your family, but God is the provider for your family. And so don't let these things hold you back. I think that's what Peter meant when he wrote uh, in 1 Peter 2.11, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Temporary resident, you're a temporary resident. I know what that's like, that is to be like now, and I think most of you do as well, when you're you're not from the place where you are. You're from a different place. You are citizens of heaven, residents on earth, and you're on a God assignment while you're here. C.S. Lewis said, 
if you read history, you'll find that the Christians who did most for the present world were precisely those who thought most of the next. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this, in this world. Rick Warren said, life on earth is a temporary assignment. When we act as if this life is all there is and all that matters, we miss the fullness of God's plan. This is a great life to enjoy and to live it up and to go down to JBR and swim in that beautiful water, which we don't have in Kenya and all those wonderful things. But there is, a, there is a higher purpose, and that is for you to be activated in the gifts of God on your life so you can help other people join you in the life to come. Um, enjoy, enjoy the things of this world, but don't give up your heavenly dream for the worldly dream in your life. Keep Jesus first. And we can have um, some music now. The last point is this, and this is almost my, my favorite one. The call of God requires being immersed in now, being immersed right now. The call of God is not something down the track. It may include that, but your next season, the thing down there is awaiting your obedience in this season. If Jamie and I didn't wholeheartedly throw ourselves into what God was doing in our lives in Australia, the season of Kenya was never going to open up to us. The call of God is not later. Oh, one day I'll, I'll do this and I'll do that. Or when the, once I sort this out, then I'll go do this and I'll do that. That's not how it works. God is saying right now, who you are is enough for this season. Yeah, it's not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be the one who, I can't do the thing right down the track in Nairobi. I'll grow as, as I grow, that will happen. But who I am right now is more than enough. I feel inadequate, but in Christ, who I am now in Christ is more than enough for this season. So we shouldn't delay and put off saying, you know, one day I love that um, last year at Scarlet, Jamie was telling me that Anna Smith was talking about Martin's song, History Maker. So many Australians have pushed back on the call of God because of things in that song. Oh, I'm going to change the world. My gosh, I can't even change my world, let alone the world. Like, this is just too big. But guess what? That's not what he meant, from what I understand. He said that was written for people to, right now, go and change their workplace, to go and influence people where they are, in their schools, their universities. Right now is the call of God. Last scripture, Matthew 8, 21. One of those, I said all my scriptures are taken. This is one of those disciples that sort of, said, oh, I don't know if I can follow Jesus now. Another of his disciples said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me now. Let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Now, that sounds pretty slack, doesn't it? When you think about that, you're like, you, you assume the father just died and he's like, just give me a couple of days, just go sort things out and then I'll come follow you. And Jesus is like, no way, just now. His father was not dead. His father was not yet dead. He said what he was saying in effect was, let me wait until my father dies. Then I'll get my inheritance. Then I'll sort out the Israeli dream. Then I'll have my life sorted. And then I'll come and follow you. And Jesus is like, it doesn't work that way, my friend. Don't put your trust in the things of earth. Don't put your trust in, in, in other things now. Jump into what God has for you right now. 
This is the moment. This is the moment for you. Not down the track. Forget about it in some ways. Dream. Have the dream. But focus on now. And, um, you know, so why don't we just stand up as I just conclude here. I'll say that one more time. If we, if we don't say net yes in this season, the next one doesn't happen. You can't skip seasons in God. You can't say, I'm just going to wait all this, the small stuff. I'm going to wait now and I'm just jumping to the call of God later. You're going to be 30 years down the track and you've never jumped into anything. And so I want to encourage you. It's not, it sounds like a serious thing, but it's, it's, it's really just giving your heart, abandoning to God, saying now, saying, God, what can I do for you in this season of my life? You are capable of more than you think. You are stronger than you even know because of Christ in you.